Hello everyone, welcome to the third episode of Glory Hunting Fans and I'm very happy to welcome Naveen Ullal to the interview today and I have met Naveen before once in Bangalore trying to watch a United game together and I'm very happy to say that I'm able to arrange this meeting with him and I'll let Naveen talk about himself now. Naveen? Hi Girish. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Yes, I do remember the meeting which we had and how can I forget that? It was during the Manchester City, uh, United versus, City versus United at the Etihad. Uh, Van Tulsi scored the late winner. Yeah, such a nice day. What a, what a, what a game, what a day. I can remember, you know, I can remember, I, still, I can still remember that. I can't forget it. Yeah, oh, such a nice day. So, would you start with just giving an introduction of yourself, what you do to the viewers? Yes, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sports correspondent at IB Times UK. I've been uh, with, with this publication from November 2012. I'm still with the publication. Seeing hopefully to do a couple of news here and there I mean which which comes my way and you know if I feel that's worth worth the news then we generally go ahead and carry it but most of the times we report what's been already reported sometimes yeah okay so do so, you guys go ahead and have discussions with say like agents and uh, other reporters and gather news yourself or do you have do you also have more of reviews and reports and stuff like no. that we do have previews and review, uh, match reports and live blogs uh, as a day, as a part of a daily, uh, uh, you know, regular coverage. But then we do talk to, uh, you know, when I say we, uh, all the reporters working at my, uh, working at our organization, working at a publication. So, you know, um, I, I've I personally done a couple of interviews with the, uh, the one of the one of the. Uh, uh, top agents in world football today called Jonathan Barnett, who uh, who has clients like Gareth Bale, Luke Shaw, wow. Timothy Afosu, Dohart, Shesley, and uh, Pereira. You know, yeah, I've, I've done interviews with uh, on, on Gareth Bale. I've done interviews in Luke Shaw. I've done interviews on Fosu Mensa. Uh, there are a couple of reports of Gareth Bale. Uh, yeah, which things I can't talk about at the point, you know. So yeah. Things sometimes we don't talk. I mean, the, the reports which uh, really don't need to be told sometimes, and sometimes you need to be told, and you know. So we decide what's unless and until there's something concrete, we don't go ahead with the story. Okay. And but, what so, do you actually cover? Do you cover some football news or other sports news in India as well? We do cover other sports news as well. We do cover uh, tennis. We do cover cricket. Made. Uh, uh, where uh, we also cover Formula One, MotoGP, okay. UFC as so. So it's it's it, we cover most of these sports, but primarily you know it's football for us. And okay, so I understand with the amount of interest in football, probably those are the those are the kind of stories which make more engagement and have more feedback. I guess not just because it gives you more clicks. I mean. Uh, that's something what ideally we don't prefer to follow mm -hmm. that. If it's something worthy, we just go ahead and cover it. I mean, 
if it's something that needs to be covered, yes, we go ahead and cover it. But there are some certain things which you have to cover it as as uh, as as a, uh, as a website as a whole. Uh, for example, you know, uh, say Louis Van Hal left the club last summer, so it's, it's everybody. Aware, aware, uh, most of them are aware of it, but we still went ahead and covered it. Mourinho was appointed as a new manager. Everybody, almost everyone knew it, you know, the minute it happened on Twitter, but we still go ahead and cover it, you know, because that's something news that needs to be told if anybody comes to our website. And, you know, if you want to read more about it and his, his, his comments or Edward Wood comments or, you know, things like that. So yeah, but we, uh, you know, in terms of transfers, in terms of rumors, we tend to not do uh, or sensationalize things, and you know, uh, we just want to, you know, if if it's an exclusive story or if it's our own story, but yeah, we do report from what other publications are saying, and then we carry on our website as well. Okay, sounds good. So, what makes you a United fan? Can you tell me what do you remember from the time you started watching it? What attracted you? Uh, I was uh, nine years old when I first uh, saw United play on television, of course. Uh, it was a repeat telecast of the 99 Champions League final. Um, I didn't become a fan after watching the full 90 minutes or, or, or including the stoppage and more than 90 minutes there. Even during the game itself, you know, I sort of started falling in love with them. And what happened in the last and the stoppage time was, you know, unbelievable. Probably unlikely, you know, you know, uh, to happen again at that stage. And I don't know in any any competition across the world, uh, you know, you know, such a big stage, Champions League final against a big club like Bayern Munich, scoring two goals. In, in 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 the stoppage time, I mean extra time that you know stoppage time. Sorry, so it's it's unbelievable. I mean, I think I I like I said during the during the course of the match itself, when I was, when I, I started enjoying and loving football, and then yes, I start, I wanted to know more about this club. I mean, what this club is all about, and uh, you know, those days it was difficult to get information. If I'm not wrong, yeah. Uh, yes. As far as my poor memory, uh, you know, like what I can recollect is it was difficult to get information about a club. But you know, uh, you know the uh, lunchtime kickoff and you know three pm kickoff and five thirty kickoff on Saturdays, we could get to watch them uh, during uh, the weekends. And it was not easy for us to watch follow a match during weekends. Um, then, so anything to find out the result, we have to wait. Until the next evening, maybe it used to come on Sports Center. That's when we used to find out what what exactly happened. If you're lucky, one of the news channels gives you a ticker that this is the scoreline. Yes, we would have gone ahead and found out. And uh, another difficult part, another another difficult thing those days was uh, there was no internet. The internet was not easily available. So for you to find the scores, like nowadays you you know you miss a match. Even if you miss a goal, if you're watching a match and you move away from your home uh, from your telly for a minute or two, if there's a goal and you miss the replay, I mean, you go on Twitter, you can find out how the goal was scored and who assisted in the past, and you know, 
things yeah. like that. But those those days we didn't have such technologies. Or we did not have. We, there was technology, but you know, we did not have Twitter, we did not have Facebook, and you know things like that. So yeah, I mean those are the early memories. But then I still remember watching, uh, you know, United beat Tottenham five uh, three when it came back from uh, when we were three 0 down. We came from behind to score five goals, and you know. Uh, the other memory I can think of is uh, Van Nistelrooy missing the penalty against Arsenal at Old Trafford. Uh, what a miss that was! And you know, Arsenal players surrounded Van Nistelrooy and glad that he did not forget it. And you know, he took it took him almost a almost a year to get his revenge. Yeah, but, but yeah. The, the revenge was much more sweeter breaking their oh, yes. record. And so. Yeah, and we had Rooney as well in that you know team, and you know Rooney surrounded. You know Rooney's been troubling Arsenal, and you know Rooney troubled them once again. So happy, happy. Yeah, those are really good memories. And coming to coming to think about it, listening to you, I also remember how important Sports Center on ESPN was at that point because. If the game wasn't televised, there was hardly any way of knowing the result. You would have to wait yeah. for the next weekend for the previews or previews of the match. Somebody explaining how the table looks like and things like that. And yes. I remember John Dykes and Shebi Singh and other such presenters presenting. And if you compare that to now how much better coverage exists and with the deals Absolutely. of with the deals of star sports with sky you you probably have more games live in india compared to even in uk so things oh, yes. have I, mean, I, I i don't remember when uh, i can't recollect when a united match is not shown on tv it wasn't you know, but I, I don't it wasn't you know, but here, the thing was that other games were you couldn't see what happened to other teams, so you don't know how the tables moved. Oh yes, I mean even for that you had to watch sports. And yeah. I remember, I mean not just your team's result, but what happened to the table, and they used to show the table after a roundup of uh, you know results, and you know you had to wait for almost close to uh, sixteen or twenty hours to know the outcome of the match. Yeah. But what I'm saying, you know, those days we had only one channel. Yeah. For. Uh, Actually, two sports channel to be to be precise, and one used to have cricket and other sports, and if and one this time, you, if you're lucky, you used to get a football match. But uh, even today, I mean, what I'm saying is, here uh, every United match being telecast now, we have close to what eight, eight, ten, ten, ten channels, ten channels just by Star Sports. Yeah. So. So you don't you don't miss any of those matches. I mean, yesterday was the last game, last uh, game of the season yeah. for all, all all the ten, all, all the twenty Premier League teams, and uh, there were matches between uh, the live telecasts for United, Chelsea, Liverpool, City, and Arsenal. So wow. five channels were simultaneously, and all five channels were on HD. Yeah. So, in terms of in terms of getting uh, coverage, I think we are much, much ahead than what's actually happening in the UK. Uh, that's mainly because of the championship and other leagues and you know things like that. Yeah. But uh, you know here all all all, all uh, main major all the six teams I mentioned, 
including Tottenham as well. I don't know. If, I, I can't remember if Tottenham match was shown on TV yesterday. But uh, yeah, but these six teams, whenever they play, so the match is telecasted here. Yeah. Beat even. That that's good know. for everyone. Yes. Yes. Okay. So so, so you. So we talked about your memories of United. Can you talk about who your favorite player was when you started watching and now? Well, uh, back from those days, uh, from former player, from when I started watching, yep, it has to be uh, Paul Scholes. And uh, why is that? It was an easy choice for me. Uh, a lot of my friends. Uh, a lot of I people who I know even today uh, they say Ryan Giggs is the, was their favorite player. Uh, for me, Scholes is just because the way he controlled the game, okay. the way he used to uh, you know uh, you know probably those passes, the short passes, long passes, and over a period of time. I mean, in the, if you see his later stages of his career, how he changed his game, the way he probably at the end of the match, the way he controls the game. His his presence on the field, um, beat beat uh, you know, beat you know you know his goal against Barcelona, uh, you know things like that, you know it, it he it's just his overall game how he was on the pitch, it's it's what makes him uh, you know um, my favorite was my he was my favorite player for that reason, was overall overall uh, you know game I mean. I personally feel it's a shame that England couldn't utilize him. Uh, again, they had Gerard and Lampard in their midfield, and so that to push uh, push Scholes to the wider position. But it's a shame that uh, they couldn't get the best out of Scholes. But uh, in a way, United were lucky that you know he devoted his attire, uh, you know since after he ended his international career, his his, his focus was, was only on United, and you know we were. We're we're lucky to have him. I'm I'm not saying that uh, you know other players weren't good like uh, Roy Keane or or uh, or uh, Ryan Giggs or David Beckham or uh, Ronaldo. You know these were great players, but uh, for me personally, it has to be Paul Scholes. Okay, fair enough. Do you have one of his goal that you love most? Uh well, uh, Barcelona. Okay. Yeah, but uh, what I can think of is uh, you know another goal. I, I you know uh, a favorite one of the favorites I would say is uh, his goal against uh, his. Uh, I think it was New York Cosmos for his testimonial match. Okay. And the crowd started saying that shoot, mm-hmm. and crowd uh, were asking him to shoot, and scores get the ball, and he just fires it. And you know, probably that that's one goal I can I can think of at the moment. Okay. There are many there are many Paul Scholes goals. I mean, yeah. you know, you 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 it's difficult to find uh, which is the favorite one. Barcelona against Barcelona at Old Trafford, mainly because at the stage at which he scored the goal. Yeah. If you if you remember, uh, I think only three teams have kept clean sheet. Uh, against Barcelona on both the legs. Yeah. United were the first team, Bayern, Bayern were the second, and Juventus this season were the third. Yeah. You know the Champions League, and you know to see that you know the golden goal, the match didn't go in the extra time, and Scholes' goal was the difference. 
if you think about it now, I mean, yeah, you can't, the, you know, the weightage was way too, too much. And, you know, we went on to win the final after defeating Chelsea that season. So. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. But, and what yeah. about your uh, favorite player in the current squad? Michael Carrick, again, uh, again, an easy, easy, easy choice. Not because uh, it's it's an easy choice I went for Michael Carrick. You know, I used to always appreciate Michael Carrick's game. Uh, those I, I remember the times where people were not happy with Carrick and they wanted him to be sold and things like that. And, uh, you know, if, if uh, I don't know, a lot of them say one person won us the 20th title. No disrespect to him. He, he was amazing. His goals were very crucial for us. But also, I mean, when we give credit to Van Persie, I think somewhere we don't, uh, you know, talk about Carrick, who was so instrumental in that season. I mean, uh, though there were no, if you look at the assist and uh, the officer before the assist, you may not have great numbers to uh, showcase it. Yeah. But the way he way he read the game, the way he controlled the game, it just goes on to show how important he's been. I mean, I think if that season when he uh, went and scored against QPR, all by himself from halfway, yeah, from the half line, uh, I'm not too sure if that season or season before that. I think it was that season, if I'm not wrong. I think it was that season as well. I mean, yeah. I mean, I still have discussion with a uh, couple of friends, uh, United friends of mine, and who go you know, when they tell tell that Van Persie was Van Persie won the title. Of course, he won us the title because of his goals. But uh, I think you know when we talk about Van Persie, we should also talk about Michael Carrick as well. Okay. Yeah, I feel that he's he doesn't get the credit what he deserves. Uh, both, uh, I mean, nowadays you do, you know, people talk about him. I mean, how important a player he is for for our team. I mean, at this age, and I personally hope that United Mourinho gives him a new contract. Okay. Uh, mainly because of his uh, leadership qualities. We don't have uh, leaders at the moment. I mean, if Rooney's to, if if the reports are to be believed, uh, I think Rooney's Rooney's. Probably, if he if he comes on as a substitute against Ajax, that's probably going to be his last match. Uh, you know, last uh, competitive match for United. Yeah. So if that's how it looks. Sold, yeah, that's how it looks. I mean, if he leaves, then we don't have leaders. I can't think of any other leaders. I mean, there's this talks about David De Gea, though he's a goalkeeper. Uh, I mean. I, I don't know if he can be the next leader if he stays. Herrera is one I can think of, but uh, you know, but Carrick is someone who I I'm, I I think everybody will look up to. Uh, you know, if he tells something in the training ground or during the match or in the last 10-15 minutes of the match, if you're one nil up or if you're two one up, if you want someone to uh, come and control the game and you give the youngsters and the other players the confidence, I think Carrick can do that job. But uh, off the pitch, his his importance in the squad, to, in the training ground, I, I mean, it's going to be immense. The experience what he's going to bring to the team can be vital. And for that reason, I hope United gives him a new contract. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on. And now, given that you have 
you look at United, you cover United from more from a journalistic point of view. Do you think your point of view towards the club has changed because of because of what you do and your contacts compared to when you followed it purely based on on a fa- like a fan? Yeah, I mean, when when you follow a, a team as a fan, I mean, you tend to be biased. It's a very basic, uh, uh, you know, difference what I find. But when you when it's work, you can't be biased. You, I mean, maybe once or twice you you are biased, and then you have. Uh, you know, when, when people react to it. I, I'm not saying that someone has to react to it for you to understand that you're being biased. But just saying, I mean, it's work. You can't be biased. You can't be for United and uh, against Liverpool all the time. I mean, that's the case. Then I don't think so. I'll be doing justice to my work. So when it comes to work, we make sure that we are not biased. Uh, Any one of us in our, in our office, that's something what we what we follow. And okay. it's not that it's an instruction by anyone. It's just that we make sure that uh, we do justice to a job. Otherwise, there's no point uh, in you know in doing doing a job. I mean, we can call some some call some fan and ask them to write. Uh, write. I mean, if it's an opinion it's a com- or a feature, it's a completely different case. Uh, every author will will be entitled to his or her opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it's if it's facts talking about news if you're talking about reports you can't be biased that so yeah so that's that's one thing i've seen uh, and uh, that's one thing what i followed initially i think it it was a little difficult for me not to be biased you know uh, you know not to be biased uh, if you're reporting on news, if you're reporting on, you're talking about the report about transfers and things like that. But if it's a feature, if it's an opinion, then uh, the author, like I said, he or she will, uh, he, you know, are entitled to their own opinions. Okay. So what do you make of uh, journalists who have this pre-made notion of supporting a fan or a manager? For example... What's the name of the uh, reporter who defends Jose like anything? Duncan Castle. Yes. Oh well, I mean that's that's Duncan. I mean uh, people have different opinions about Duncan Castle. I think he's a great journalist. Uh, he's broken quite a lot of news. Sometimes you know it's difficult for any reporter to get the news hundred percent right all the time. I mean, yeah, you know it's it. More or less, I mean, what needs to be, uh, uh, what one needs to understand is, for example, say, uh, if they get a new, if they get an info saying United are considered, United may approach for Ronaldo. I'm just giving an example, yeah. a hypothetical situation. Let not be hypothetical. I mean, this is something what we, what we we've been listening to uh, each and every summer transfer window. So if if they say United may consider uh, signing Ronaldo, by the time it comes to Twitter, it's saying United are cons- are, are signing Ronaldo. Yeah. Where you have may and consider in the article. By the time it comes to Twitter, it's saying United are signing this thing, and then there are tons of opinions about it, and then there is maybe 
20-30 opinions as why we shouldn't sign Ronaldo and others 40 opinions this is why we should sign Ronaldo and things like that you know so need to understand where it's coming from I mean, I mean uh, most of them tend to forget uh, is whether the whether the news is coming from the selling club if the news is coming from the buying club or if the news is coming from the from the players camp which is the agent and the others okay. so <clears throat> we tend to miss out on these things and you know as a fan just go and jump on jump on uh, jump on these rumors I mean if you if, if you can think if you can uh, think of any ridiculous rumors or you feel the rumors are ridiculous and if you can think of if you can give me an example I can tell you a couple of more instances I mean can you think of any rumors this summer, uh, no, have you heard for for the upcoming summer transfer window? No, I haven't followed rumors as such. But my understanding is that I've seen even uh, quite reputed journalists as well claim multiple times that they actually don't write the headline. They write a piece and then somebody writes a sensationalist headlines on top of their piece. So they get a lot of stick for what's the headline not the content is that really yeah. true that's because it's your name which is going in the story right not yeah. the guy who or she was given the headline again uh, well that's that's details of getting into a uh, journalistic world something what i uh, i sort of want to stay away from i mean there are really really good journalists who 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 get the slack even today yeah but uh, there are some who, who, according to few fans, uh, have lost their value. They don't get the transfers right and things like that. But uh, it's difficult for some to get the news right all the time. I mean, uh, for example, if you if you look at Indy Kaila, right? Yeah. Indy in Indy post rumors almost every every single day. I mean, if you can, if if it's, I mean. I'm guessing it's a network if it's really true. I don't I don't want to uh, discredit anybody here. Yeah. I'm not to uh, uh, you know kind of put someone down. That's that's not me. I mean if anybody wants to put me down, that's up to them. Uh, but I generally don't like to put someone down any on public public uh, platforms, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, but sometimes you get it right, sometimes you don't get it right. You know, so okay. it's, it's just part of the game. I mean, it's difficult for for people to get it right unless and until you have close ties with the with the players' camp. I mean, or or or, or you know, you need to get the information right from the players' camp or the selling club and and the selling club or the buying club. Okay. So you need to have you know you need to have two different information. Okay. Or if you have information from the club, either the selling club. Okay, these guys are made a pet and things like that. Yeah, but uh, you know when United are linked, the transfer fee just goes up, and quite a lot of uh, clubs and players uh, who are not associated with United use that as an example. Use you use United to increase the uh, price tag or uh, get a new contract. Uh, regarding price tag, I can think of uh, Aston Villa what they did with the Benteke. Yeah told him to Liverpool, they said United are interested and Liverpool ended up paying more than what they were supposed to play, pay. Again, uh, 
when Liverpool signed uh, uh, Firmino. Yeah. Uh, of Nama, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, it was. So you know they also linked him to United, while United were actually not in the not in for him. I think the same thing happened with Otamendi as well. Managed Manchester City. Uh, I think Valencia even said United are for him. And we all know what has happened, you know. So these things do happen at times. And again, this is not my first-hand experience. This is what I've heard from a couple of them uh, who are in this field, who are very close to the players' camp and you know things like that. Okay. Uh, I, I, how far this is true? Again, this is all uh, not the first-hand information. Just to be very clear, it's fine. Uh, Let's move away from the journalistic question and ask you a fan question. So, we are playing a game on Wednesday, the cup final, right? So, if you had to pick one former United player who would make this team miles better, who would it be? Former United player? From, From the time I've watched? No, it could be anyone. Oh, even the past players? Yeah. You just need to see who could make this current team so much better and would probably guarantee winning the cup coming Wednesday. I think Root Van is still on. Yeah. That's a great call. Just, just yeah, I mean, uh, he played for PSV. He's a Dutch national uh, team as well. So, I think he will have a point to prove against Ajax as well. So, yeah, Van Nistelrooy to lead our attack. Yep, that's a good call. Personally, if I have to think, the thing that scares me most is smalling with the ball, panicking, not knowing whom to pass. So, so I'm thinking more in terms of if a young... Rio Ferdinand at his peak would have been there. I wouldn't be so worried about this final. Oh, yeah. I mean, Bayou will be a big mess for us. Yeah. So, let's so, see yeah. how it goes. So, it'll be a big game. No, I mean, yeah, probably probably one of uh, Vida Ferdi. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but I mean, uh, even if you try to keep a, keep a clean sheet, I mean, you don't score... That's the reason I went for Root. But yeah, yeah, you make more sense there. Okay. So, so what did you make of this current United team and Jose and this last season in general? How do you see it? Well, uh, the entire season depends on what happens on Wednesday. It's a, it's, it's no brain. I mean, uh, don't want to be obvious, but it's 50-50. Uh, uh, you know, for each team, but uh, if if you win, and if you if you win against Ajax, it's gonna be. If you win the Europa League, it's the season the successful one. If not, it's it's a disastrous one. Yeah. Mainly because uh, disastrous one because we failed to make it to the top four. Uh, that's the if you see from that perspective, but. Uh, I would, but I still feel that it would not be as disastrous as what happened under Moyes or what happened under LVG in the second season. Uh, one thing we need to remember is uh, Jose had to undo what 
LVG and Moise had done. You know, and then he had to start something new. Uh, our players were used to LVG style for two years. They are professional, but they, I, this is my personal view. I may be right, I may be wrong. I think they may require a little more time to, you know, get adapted to Jose's techniques. And in terms of transfers, what Jose has done this in his first season, Pogba uh, is going to be is only going to get better next season. Uh, Mkhitaryan had ups and downs. Uh, came into the picture uh, halfway through the season, season probably. November and December, early December. Then you have Zlatan. I don't want to talk about Zlatan because everyone knows what he's done for the club this season. Bai Bai has been exceptionally good every whenever he's been fit. So, yeah, I mean, uh, if you if you look from the business he's done, both uh, buying and selling. I mean, we we sold Schneiderlin. I think we got twenty odd million for Schneiderlin if the reports are to be leaked. And then we sold uh, Depay with the buyback clause as well. If you see the business we've done so far this season, I think it's way, way, way better than uh, his predecessors. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, Champions League qualification is very important for United. So if we if we qualify for next season Champions League, it'll be easy for us to attract uh, attract the players. It doesn't matter where you finish or who you defeat. I mean. I mean, if you if I ask you, if you don't win the title, and if I ask you who finished third in uh, probably 2009 or 2007, you may not remember if you finished who remember who finished fourth. I mean, yeah, you may say Arsenal considering their history, but uh, you know. But if I ask you who finished third in 2009 or 2010, you may not. Most of them may not recollect. Uh, but if you ask them who won the title, yes, that's the only thing really matters. But if you look at from the Champions League perspective in, in terms of attracting top talent, world-class players, uh, so Wednesday's game is very important for us. Yeah, I would say the same. At least from the transfer perspective, we see a direction. Like he's trying to plug yes. the gaps that he sees as problematics rather than before where we just bought whoever we could and miss targets and then forget about filling those gaps. So... It surely seems from outside that it's more focused and everything has worked out so well. So let's hope. See, yep. Yeah, if you observe, I mean, he's not buying it just for the sake of it. I mean, we were linked to a defender last summer, but for some reason that deal did not happen. And, you know, he just doesn't want to buy for the sake of it only for this season. You know, he's, he's thinking of maybe two, three years, two, three years three to four years down the line and things like that. So in terms of the business that's been done both in and out, I think we've done extremely well. Uh, but yeah, I hope it only improves this summer, but Champions League qualification is very, very crucial for that. Yeah. Also, we are not sure what happens to Ibra and Rooney. So those would be two big people in the team. So let's see uh, what happens Ibra, there. Ibra. Ibra won't be back if, if you know, the, the injury what he's had, I, from what, if you if you consider the uh, injury suffered by other players, the same injury what Zlatan's had, uh, from that, it's 
it's difficult for him to be back at least until Jan 2018 is what what's been uh, what's been discussed. So if he's not back at least until Jan next year, I mean, if you're if he's back somewhere Feb or March, I mean, that's that's only going to be for another two two to three months. So we are not going to rely on Ibra for the next season if that's the case. We are going to bring in a new player. Same with uh, Roha. We don't know when Roha is going to be back. So we need to bring another player there. So yeah, Rooney's more or less, more or less done. I mean, even though he's there, he's, he's struggling to get into the starting eleven and struggling to make that impact what he used to do. It's sad that it's come to that stage. But uh, yeah, I mean, if we're going to lose these two players, you have to fill in not just for their. Uh, performance on the pitch, but for the leadership qualities as well. So it's it's going to be a big, big task. Yep, I feel like the team has missed Ibra in last few months. Even if it was not just on the pitch, but even as a as a rotation player or even to look for somebody, the team struggled to even play the ball from the back when everyone is tired now. Whereas earlier yes. they could just give it to him, and then they knew that okay, he would hold on to the ball, and we can manage. Like Ibra used to have really bad games. I mean, if you if you know if you see the games in which he's played, he used to have bad games. But you know, all he needs is just just a moment to change the course of the game. Yeah, uh, that's that's Ibra for you. I mean, he, he doesn't run all around the pitch. But yeah, he tends to hold the ball, especially in the dying minutes, and he reads the game really well. Uh, just that he doesn't have the pace, and you know, like like Rashford or Marshall or other 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 young 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 players. But uh, yeah, you know, his experience on the pitch and off the pitch would have been really really vital for us. But I'm sure he's going to help the team in any way possible to. Uh, for the final and see if he has got any thoughts. I'm sure he's going to share it with the team if he's allowed to. Yeah, because Jose said that everyone is traveling for the final, so all players would be there. Yes, I mean it shows that he wants everyone to be together for this final. I'm, I mean, uh, he didn't come out uh, after you know, you know. I think uh, after the Palace match, he didn't come to applaud the fans and you know. Just want to show that the job's still not done. Yeah. It got an um, important match, and uh, hopefully we, you know, we overcome this and win the win the yeah. first Europa League. Yeah, hope so. That will complete the set as well. And yeah, it's, 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 there's much more on the line than just the just this one game. You know, our transfers, our qualification for Champions League. Uh, you know, so we don't play Thursdays and we don't travel far to the, you know, far off places for the group stages. Or the, if we qualify for round of 32, round of 16 and so on. Yeah. Okay. And it was nice talking to you, Naveen. I think we are coming to a close. Would you like to tell our listeners how to follow you? Oh, yeah. You, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at the rate. Uh, at at sorry at Ulal IBT, which is uh, spelled as U L L A L I B T, one word. So that's it. That's the way you can. Okay, and where where can they read your articles? Uh, 
Bada, you can read my articles if you go to www.ibtimes.co.uk and go to the sports section. You get, you can find my articles there. Yep. It was nice talking to you, Naveen. It was a different opinion from somebody in the journalistic world. And oh, yeah. I've just started my career. I still have a long way to go. <laughs> yeah. I hope we get to talk again and have a different perspective at that point. Hopefully. Okay. Hopefully sometime soon. Okay. It was nice talking to you, Naveen. Thank have a nice day. Thank you, Gavin. Yep. You too. Yeah. Bye. Ta-da.